Welcome to the Fort Hill Community Church Sunday morning sermon taught by Pastor Aaron Manning. All right. Well, welcome to Fort Hill Community Church to our service. Happy Mother's Day as well to all you moms out there. Grateful to um, celebrate you. We're not doing anything special as far as a special Mother's Day message, okay? We're going to still be in Book of John, but we do have a special gift for you guys as well for our moms that we'll get into after the message. All right, so we are in the book of John, working through this gospel, a gospel written so that we may believe. And we have made our way to John chapter 8. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, we also have the scripture behind us. Today, we're going to be in John chapter 8, verse 12. We're going to be in one verse today. And let me just give a quick aside why we're not going to be in verses 1 to 11, okay? Um, if you read, if you have in your Bibles there, you see John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. You may see a little footnote there, a little word there. It says, the earliest manuscripts do not include John chapter 8, actually John 7, verse 53, down to John 8, verse 11. So because of that, we're actually going to skip this part um, you know, it's an interesting question, why are certain parts of the Bible, how do we get this thing we call the Bible, okay? Um, there's a lot of texts out there from which we get our biblical text, uh, the New Testament and all that. Um, the earliest manuscripts do not have this section, 8 through 11, and so we don't, I don't think it's original to John, so that's why we're skipping it. And if you want to kind of debate me on that, have any questions, that's another message, but you can come and ask me. So we're going to be actually in John chapter 8. Verse 12, and we're going to talk on this famous I am statement. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I didn't quite realize the importance of light in a real in a, in a, this specific way until I got up here in Maine. Okay, light is different up here. I don't know if you guys coming from the south, okay? And you some of you guys, you know, we got a Brit over here, we got an Aussie over here, so we got a whole different experiences of light, okay? I remember my first morning in Maine, I was in Augusta, and I woke up and the light was shining in my eyeball through the window um, curtain. I was like, oh man, I overslept. And I looked at my clock and it said 6 a.m. I was like, why is the light shining so bright at 6 a.m., right? Um, it, it's different up here in, in the south. You know, it's a whole. You know, the, I'm the from Mississippi, so it's a whole co continent away. Light's different up here. Okay. Well, it turns out I would need that light um, many a few years later to wake up in the morning, and I realized that um, whenever I moved into a um, the church that I was with, they bought a new building, and I moved into into the basement, and the basement had no windows know anything. It was just dungeon down there, okay? And I, one night, I was so disoriented, okay? So I was sleeping, and I had an alarm clock, but in my bedroom, again, no windows, no nothing. It was just pitch black dark. The only thing you could see was, um, you know, my, my alarm clock or whatever. And in the middle of the night, they were working on the, the power line down the road, and the power went off, and I woke up in the middle of the night with the power off, and I could not see anything. And I thought I was literally just falling down a well. 
Like I don't, it was the most disorienting experience in my life. I, I didn't know if I was awake. I didn't know if I was asleep. I didn't know if I was in my room. I didn't know if I was just lost in space, right? Couldn't see anything, pitch black, dark. And then I was literally having a panic attack for like five seconds. And then the power came back on and my alarm clock came on and I was instantly orientated back to my bedroom. Okay, it was the weirdest experience of my life. I needed that light. I needed the light. The Bible, over and over again, picks up this theme of light and darkness to describe deep spiritual truths about who we are, our situation, and who Christ is, who God is. And here we have Jesus saying that He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. What does that mean for us? Okay. What we're going to see today, we're going to, again, just be in this one verse. We're going to see that Jesus, as the light of the world, it means he does three things. There's a bunch of things it means, but we're going to look at these three things. The first, that he wakes us up. That would have been helpful for me in my dungeon of an apartment in the basement. He wakes us up, that he guides us, and then finally that he gives us light. Jesus as the light of the world. He wakes us up, he guides us, and he gives us light. And so let's read this text together. John chapter 8, verse 12. This is Jesus. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. As I think about light, and I've already touched on this at this point, light wakes us up. Again, going back to living in my basement of the church, I had a really hard time waking up in the morning. No windows, no nothing. It could have been 7 a.m., it could have been 7 p.m. I had no idea. It was all the same to me. And I was finding as I was transitioning, because our church had one spot, and I lived in one area that had windows. I was on the second floor. We moved to a different location. Now I don't have any windows. And I was finding I was having a really hard time waking up in the morning. I needed that sunlight to hit my eyeballs, right? Something about the sunlight like you can think about waking your kids up to go to school and you open up the, you know, the window curtain, the window shade. They're like, no, no, no. Like, you know, they're like Dracula. Like, no, right? I needed that sunlight to wake up. And I was like oversleeping my alarm clock. It was terrible. And I, what I did was my brother had this alarm clock that he gave me that would simulate the sunrise. And so 30 minutes before the alarm went off, it would start lighting up slowly, slowly, slowly. And then whenever it got to 7 a.m. or whatever the alarm was, it would be full-on blast, right? So I had to simulate the, sun, the sunrise because I needed that light. I needed something to help me wake up. In a similar way, Jesus, as the light of the world, he wakes us up. He wakes us up to the reality of who God is and to the reality of who we are. Whenever we talk about the deep things of life, what is our identity? What were we made for? What is right? What is wrong? Who is God? Who are we? Jesus wakes us up to the answer to these questions. This is what the prophet Isaiah says about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
I just, the imagery of this, these people are walking, moving, trudging along, can't see anything. And then a moment, in an instant, a light shines. I think about the shepherds, right, at the birth of Christ, tending their flock, and then the hallelujah chorus appears before them, and the, the dark night sky just turns into radiant light, woken up. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Isaiah here is prophesying about Jesus and the effect that he will have on people. The coming of Christ will awaken people out of a stupor of darkness. This light that Jesus talks about, it is a particular thing. This is the light of salvation. This is the light of the gospel, right? The good news where people for the first time realize that they're sinners. They're separated from God, but God has sent his son to die on a cross for them resurrected from the dead. We're just saying that. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And that we sinners can be redeemed. We can be reconciled with God through repentance and faith in His Son. This is the light of salvation. This is the light that has come to all people, waking them up. And that waking up part is that initial moment that you realize that all these good things that God promises us can be true. They're true. They're real. They're yours. That you can know love. That you can know joy. That you can know peace, right? You can have incredible, unending, enduring wholeness and wellness, eternal security. You know, it sounds like a salesman. That's too good to be true. No, it's not. We need Jesus to wake us up. I think about the man Simeon. I don't know if you guys know who Simeon is. He's sort of an obscure character in the Bible. He was present at the birth of Christ, well, at the dedication of Jesus. Every Jewish boy or you know, Jewish child had to be purified. And so they would take the child to the temple and present that child in the temple. And at the temple, this man, Simeon, sees Christ. And this is the story of Simeon. I'm just going to read it off to you real quick. It says, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a righteous and devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God made a promise to Simeon that he would see the Savior of the world. And he came, Simeon came in the spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, to do the purification thing that they're supposed to do, Simeon sees Jesus as a baby Jesus. He took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. The people who dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. And at the birth of Jesus, God sent Simeon to announce this light to everyone here. He says, My eyes have seen your salvation, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. This Savior, not just for the Jews, but for all people, even Mainers. 
even us, Gentiles, all these promises of God made to Simeon, made to the world, in a moment, in an instant, validated in the man, Jesus Christ. For me, although I grew up in the faith, my dad was a pastor, I wasn't really awakened to Jesus, to who Christ was, to later on in life. And it really was that. I mean, I went to church, right? We were old school. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. Like, to get anyone to show up on a Sunday evening these days, like, I'd have to pay you money, right? Our church ran out of money a long, you know, long time ago to get you guys to come. That's just a joke. But you get what I'm saying? Like, old school, right? I was in church all the time, and I didn't wake up to who Christ was until I got older. I thought I had him figured out. This is just something we do. You know, I believe in Jesus, right? I'm, I'm all set. No, no. It, it's, it, it, I always viewed it as sort of like a, a gate or a line you have to cross, okay? And so I believe, and now I'll just kind of do my own thing. But faith in Christ is not that. It's not just a one-time thing, and then you, you, you punch your ticket to heaven, and then you're all set. The way I think about it now is it's like a well that you dive into, And once you dive into the well of Christ, your whole life is just going deeper and deeper into this well, into who this man is, into relationship. It's all about him. And I didn't get that until Christ shone shone his light on my heart. He woke me up. Maybe I didn't quite understand who this guy is. Now I do. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my King. I repented, I believed, and I was saved. I remember I was asked to help at a youth event uh, down south. It's called, it's called D-Now, Discipleship Now. And the guy, the way it works is you have, a, you have a leader and then a group of, you know, little kids that you're in charge of, and you stay at someone's house within, in the church. And I remember talking to the guy whose house we were staying at, and he had recently had this type of experience. He grew up in church his entire life. He thought he had it figured out. Then he went to this youth event, and the guy speaking at the youth event said this quote. You might have heard it before. The quote is this, Being in church makes you no more Christian than being in a garage makes you a car. Being in church makes you no more Christian than being in a garage makes you a car. And that guy, this, this, the guy who we're staying at his house, he didn't like that. And he's like, what? Like, I've gone to church my entire life. How are you saying that, that you know, I don't know what I'm talking about? And at that moment, he was convicted because he realized he was just sort of playing, you know, playing the game, doing the culture thing. He didn't realize it. But it's at that moment that Christ woke him up. The light shone on his heart. He truly knew who Christ was. And so it says, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You can see a connection, knowledge and light. We can know truly who Christ is, be awoken to him. This is a a mysterious thing, right? I mean, I see it all the time. People have these, you know, maybe experience with the church, go to church, grew up in church, and then in a moment they realize that they were just playing a game the whole time. In a moment, they realize, okay, maybe I didn't get it, but now I do. And that's a mysterious thing. I don't know how that works. That's what Christ does. 
as the light of the world. He wakes us up. The second thing that Jesus does is that he guides us. Christ as the light of the world guides us. Again, John 8 verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I love the attention here in this section to the action here. We get two words. It says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. One thing I found with the Christian faith is an idea of progression. Okay, uh, an end. Sorry, a beginning and an end. And we're all sort of on this trajectory moving forward. And what seems to be implied as you read the, you know, the Bible is that we're all progressing towards something, whether it be, in this instance, darkness or light. We're all progressing towards something. Here we see the word walk. It's a word that comes up a lot in the Bible, the word walk. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says this, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So, in this instance, Paul is talking about our spiritual condition. That apart from God, we naturally are people in darkness. We are dead in our sins. There's, we don't know who God is. We can't follow Him the way He has called us to. We're spiritually dead. And we walk in that spiritual condition. It's sort of a thing like zombies. Uh, Levi likes to do this weird little zombie thing, right? I don't know if you guys have seen it. His brains. Here, talk, it says the walking dead. Okay? You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. We lived out the spiritual condition of death. Ephesians 5.15, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. The same idea. We can walk in wisdom. We can walk in foolishness. So this idea of walking that we see in Scripture obviously isn't literally one, one foot in front of the other. But this idea of walking is the myriad of activities that we take part in that represent the overflow of what's in our heart. Okay? If we walked in our trespasses and sins, that means we are living out what's on the inside. Jesus has come that we will not walk in darkness. We will follow him in the light. Whenever we see Jesus talking about us walking in darkness, it means that before he brought the light of salvation, we were living a life contrary to him and not even realizing it. But now Jesus has come and he's shown us a better way. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 1. This is the same guy, John, but he wrote a letter to a church. He says this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What we see then with Christ is a connection between belief and action. Belief and action. What is on the inside will come on the outside. 
If we follow Jesus, we'll not walk in darkness, but we'll walk in the light. Christ says, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. The evil person, out of the evil treasure of his heart, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Such an interesting concept, right? So there, there's competing ideas here. A lot of people believe that the outside corrupts the inside, right? And, and that's sort of a modern, that's our take today. It's all these issues we have, they're culturally constructed issues that we're all blank slates, but it's the, condi- it's the conditions we're brought up in that mess us up, that turn us into evil people or, you know, whatever the, the situation is. The Bible says the opposite. It's, out, it's inside, outside, that at root... There are issues on the inside, and that's all the issues we see manifested on the outside. And so whenever Jesus comes, he shines the light of God on us and calls us to not live out what's on the inside, to change what's on the inside. That's what he does through belief in him. And then to follow him and walk in a different way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I get into an argument with Hannah and I say something I ought not say, it's not her fault that I said what I said. It's my fault. She didn't make me say it. It's on the inside. It's me. It's my heart speaking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need Jesus to come and show us a better way. Psalm 119, 105. You guys know this text. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What distinguishes the Christian faith from the received knowledge of our current age, is a belief that we can figure things out on our own. And what I mean by that, that we can create what is true, and we can create and decide what is right, what is wrong. The Christian confession is totally different. We don't create anything. We understand these things purely because God has shown us these things. We understand it right and wrong because God has given us the answer to the deepest questions that we have as people. God gives us the answer. We live in an age of self-discovery, self-expression, self-determination, self-actualization, where we arrive at you know, the meaning of life and all these big existential questions with little to no concern for who God is. With little to no concern or consideration of who God is, we try to answer these big questions of life. And that's just crazy to me. If God created us, right? If, if there is a God in heaven that created us, how could we answer these questions in a way that doesn't even include him? Romans 1.28 says this, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. The way the world is today, we are fumbling around in darkness, trying to find meaning without God. And the the Bible describes that as a people with a debased mind fumbling around in the dark. They did not see fit to acknowledge God. God's not in that equation. But if God did create us, think about that. If God did create us, and most people believe that, right? Most people believe there is a God in heaven, most people believe that God created you, created me, created the world. 
the answer to these deep questions that we have, if it makes no sense that we would come and try to answer these questions without God in the mix. What we find is whenever we set out to find the meaning of life, we have to consider God in that. God gives us the meaning of life. We are people created in the image of God. Creation says, Psalm 19.1, says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, the sky above proclaims his handiwork. What we see, spiritual darkness, the spiritual condition of our age, are people trying to answer the deep questions of life without God, and they wind up in totally different places than they ought to be. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he will make straight your paths. I feel like for us today, we have a better message. As I think about the gospel, I feel like people are just, again, lost. They're in darkness, right? I feel like people are trying to find answers to questions. And we have a better way. We have the message of Jesus. We have the God of all creation. We can say to people, you're not, you don't have, you're not on your own here. You don't have to figure out these answers here on your own. But we have a Savior. We have a, a King. We know the path of life. I can't tell you how, just in my own life, right, as I think about, sorry, I'm sweating down. Can you turn down the heat a little bit, Rob? Is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> thank uh, Do that one over there. Um, sorry, <laughs> I can't, I'm like a pool over here. Um, as I think about my own life, okay, I feel like I have just walked straight. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if, if you come to decisions in your life and you're just kind of overwhelmed. I feel like for me, and you know, everyone has issues, I feel like I've just walked straight and that God has just kind of made the decision obvious. And there's been a lot of decisions in my life to this point. You know, the, who I was going to marry, what job I was going to do, planning this church, coming up to Maine. I never felt like there was doubt. I never felt like there was uncertainty. I never felt like I made this decision and then I was just lost adrift at sea. I always felt secure. I always felt like I was walking on a straight path. And that's what we get with Christ. And I just think about this world that's going about making these big decisions, trying to figure out, you know, all these, these big, you know, what is right, what is wrong, what's the right thing to do, who am I, who is God, in darkness, trying to get these things. And Jesus has come, and there's a lot of the world, and he guides us, and we're not lost in darkness. It is such... Such a sweet promise that we have. And we have God's word. Again, a light to our feet, a light to our path. We have a better way. And so as you, you know, in, engage with people, friends, family members who don't know the Lord, as I, and I think about this, like how in the age that we are in, okay, a post-Christian age, we need to tell a better story to people, right? We need to tell a better story to people than what they already have. Make better promises. And we can. And I don't know if we know how to have that conversation with people. I mean, how amazing is it to actually believe that the God of the universe, who knows the end from the beginning, who has everything figured out, is on your side and is showing you exactly the way to go. Right? Exactly the way to go. We have that. Not everyone has that. We need to tell a better story. Jesus is the light of the world. He guides us. Thank God for that. And then the last thing that we see here, 
He guides us. And then the last thing, he gives us life. Jesus as the light of the world. He gives us life. This is what it says. Again, John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For those who believe and follow in this Christ, it is clear that we live a different life from the rest of the world. Biblically speaking, we're actually living life. If you think about how it describes people in darkness, it describes them in spiritual death, right? To follow Jesus is to actually start living. It's to actually start living in a way that we were not living before. Jesus invites us to start living the life that God created us to live in, to walk in, to exist in. Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul says this, starting in verse 8. For at one time you were darkness. At one time you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Notice here in this verse, he says that we were darkness. Not that we were walking in darkness, but that we were darkness. That's sort of a mean word, right? Not that you guys were, were just lost and confused, but your very identity, the, the core of who you were is darkness, is lostness, is confusion. But now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. Before we acted out the condition of, of our hearts, now in Jesus we act out of a different condition because there's a change. We're children of light. And so we live as children of light. We do good works. This is what Jesus says again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. That's what he says, starting verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp or put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that it may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Walk as children of light. As followers of Christ, now that we're guided in Jesus, we live different lives apart from Jesus. The, the church looks different from the world because we do different things. We live a different life. And I love this verse here in verse 16, because Jesus gives us the motivation for living different lives. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Our good works should make people glorify God. They should look to God from our works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this is what the Apostle Paul says, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should be living out the light that we have in Christ. And so what does that mean? What do we do as Christians? Well, what does light do? One thing light does is that it warms. As followers of Christ, we should be warm and welcoming to others. Traditionally, this is the practice of, of Christian hospitality. Christian hospitality. The practice of welcoming people into your home, giving your possessions, your time. This typically involves food, right? Having people over. Um, one family I really think nails this are the Woodmans, right? 
Anytime I'm over at their house, there's some other family over there hanging out. I feel like they probably have no time to themselves because they always have people over. They practice Christian hospitality. We had one couple that I was a, uh, the first church I was a part of in Augusta. And the, the guy there, we were going to have a Bible study at his house, and he was very, very antsy about his stuff being messed with at his house, right? He was very antsy about that. I think, did I laugh? I don't know. Um, and, and he didn't want to have a Bible study, right? And the, the issue that I saw is this call for Christian hospitality was lacking in him because he cared more about his stuff rather than welcoming people into his home that they could work and, and love on each other and work through God's Word together. Just as light warms, we should be warm and welcoming to others. Uh, Romans 12 verse 13 says that we need to contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, for my family, we, we try to do this. If you've ever been to our apartment, you know that it's like the size of like this section right here. It's very, very tiny. But there's something that happens whenever you have an hospitable mind. You, you see things less about how you get to use them and see how you can bless others with them. With our house, right? It's a tool for God's, it's a tool that God's given us for hospitality, for service, for love. So hospitality is so important. Hospitality is so important that it's a qualification for being a pastor. 1 Timothy 3 verse 2 Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, and hospitable. If you have a person not hospitable, they can't, they can't lead a church. So as people that walk in the light, we should be warm and welcoming to others. We should be hospitable. The second thing that light does is light exposes. Light exposes. And as we apply that to walking in Christ, that means that we need to get real and messy with ourselves and others, about sin. Have you guys ever confessed sin before? That's like terrible. It's like the worst thing ever, right? Have you ever asked your spouse to forgive you for something you've done wrong? That's difficult, right? And as an adult, you don't have your, like with Ellie, if she messes up, like, all right, Ellie, go say you're sorry, right? As an adult, you don't have that. You just have to do it. That's hard. Light exposes. Following Jesus gets these things out of there. It exposes the condition of our hearts, and it's real about sin. And so we are called to confess our sin and to talk and be real about sin because the light does not allow darkness to reign in our hearts. We walk in the light. We are real about sin. We confess sin. We repent of sin. We help others by giving the word to show them their sin. 1 John 1, 8-9 says this, If we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think that this is a great practice, and it's something that maybe we could start doing, I don't know, not like a big you know, circle, and everyone just talks about how terrible they are, right? Not that. But to have that time of one-on-one, you know, and just say, okay, what's going on? What are you struggling with? What, what, what's the issue? Because it's very freeing, too. I don't know that burden 
uh, uh, in the Psalms, David talks about how he, his bones were wasting away because he was under so much burden under his sin. But whenever he confessed his sin, he was, his body was restored. And, you know, that's something that the light does. And I don't know if you've experienced that before, but to just to be open and honest that, you know, we all put on a good face, but we're not nearly as awesome as we kind of present. We all have issues. We all have sins. And, you know, as a pastor, I get a lot of that. And I'm grateful to it and, and to work through you guys with that. But to support each other in that. The world's not doing that. This is how it's different. The world is not doing these types of things. Being hospitable, talking about our issues and our struggles and confessing our sin and how we've hurt people. This is what it looks like to walk in the light of Christ. And the final thing it means for us as we walk in the light of Christ is to preach the gospel. That's the only confession we have. That's the only message that we have. We preach the gospel. And that's the message that, that's the only message people need at the end of the day. That God loves them, that he loves them so much he sent his own son to die on the cross for them, that this son has risen from the dead. He's a real person. It really happened. And he has called all of us to turn from our sins, repent, place our faith in the Son, and believe and find salvation. Jesus is the light of the world. He has come and he has revealed who God is, who we are. He has woken us up to these realities. He guides us to a better way and he gives us life. As a church, we need to walk in that light. Every spring, whenever the sun starts shining more, we're all excited, right? But we get to stay outside more. It's warmer. It's, it's better, right? As a people, we have been moved from the darkness of winter into the light of summer and spring forever. We need to live that out. We need to show people a better way. We need to preach Christ, show them the light of the world. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we can come and worship you, that we can come and consider you, Lord, and reflect on your word, reflect on Jesus, who is the light of the world. I confess, Lord, in my own life, Lord, I I get kind of bogged down in that stupor of darkness, that I'm just kind of going about my life and just... I just forget who you are, and I'm just doing things. I'm, I'm you know, walking contrary to you in ways, and, and, you know, sins come up, Lord, and I'm, and I'm just disconnected from you. And then Christ comes, your word comes, Lord, and shows me a better way. And I think about this entire world of people who are walking in darkness, Lord, who don't know Christ, who are just trying to answer these questions and do life totally alone. You have provided a son, provided a guide, provided a way for them. Lord, how do we give them that better story, give them that better word? How do we walk in that as people, being hospitable to others, um, being a people that's real about sin, that confess it to each other, Lord? Lord, we, we just confess that we there's so much more of you to be had than what we even want or desire. And so I just pray that you would convict our hearts, Lord. Help us to reach for you first thing in the morning, first thing at night, every day, all day, Lord, and desire you more than the things of this world that lead us astray. Lord, I want to lift up our church. I want to lift up our people, Lord, that we would be a people of light. We would be children of light. That we would walk in light. That we would bring light to those around us in our workspaces, Lord, in our communities, Lord, in our families as husbands and fathers and mothers and wives, Lord, um, that you would be 
glorified in that, God. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word that shows us this better way. Help us, Lord, to walk in the light. Help us to just confess these ways that we don't uh, do that, Lord. And help us to just walk closely to Christ. It's in his name we pray. You've been listening to the Sunday morning sermon taught by Pastor Aaron Manning at Fort Hill Community Church in Gorham, Maine. For more information about Pastor Aaron or Fort Hill Community Church, visit us on Facebook or check out our website at www.forthillchurch.com.